I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello. This is the Chaos and Cookies Podcast, and I'm super excited that you're joining me for this episode today. I've got Amy Dubrock today. We are going to be talking more on the parenting and confidence and kids space today. So for you parents that are listening, take some notes. I hope you uh, walk away with some really great um, tokens and um, maybe some new ideas if you're struggling with communication uh, with your kids or maybe some confidence in your own parenting. Uh, but before I bring Amy on, let me give you a little bit of background on Amy. Uh, she's a mom of four. She's a certified life coach author. She's also a fellow podcaster and a cancer survivor. She's the host of life on purpose podcast, encouraging women to live on purpose instead of fear. Amy's first book embolden who she co-wrote this with her college aged daughter, Blair helps women discover the next brave steps and actions to cover their fears and insecurities. Welcome Amy to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have this conversation. Where are you in the world? Oh, well, we are in the thick of snow. We're supposed to be getting a storm tomorrow. We're in New York. We're about 20 miles east of Syracuse. So yeah, oh, you're north, north, we're north. Yes. Yeah. We're east coast all the way. My dad <laughs> went to college in Syracuse. So oh, okay. Yeah. From New York, um, Long Island area. I've got a cousin that lives around Syracuse, Buffalo area. So it's cold yeah. up there and we're about to, the wind just started picking up here. We're, we're scheduled to get the storm as well and get to like low of 12 high of like 19 or something crazy here in Texas. Okay. Okay. And that's really cold for you guys, isn't it? Especially right now. It doesn't really get cold until February. We have had snowpocalypse a couple of years ago where it like shut down everything. Um, then Elon Musk came. I have a feeling he probably had some ideas about some locking down on the grids. We had a snowstorm last year, but not as bad, but uh, hopefully it's not terrible. I just fixed all of the things that happened the last freeze. So maybe it won't happen again. So we'll see we're not equipped here for. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're used to it here. I mean, it's going to be below zero in the, uh, the next couple of days. So Christmas Eve, for sure, it's going to be bitter cold, but everybody here is at least equipped for that. You know, there's salt and sand and all yeah. of that for the roads. And I know my sister's in Georgia and the whole world shuts down and we laugh. Oh, it does. That. The world ends. Like at least the kids yeah. are not in school. So there's no like canceled school, but it, the world ends like yeah. stay in your house, like black ice. And I live on a Hill and it's like, uh, we're just going to stay in, but it's, yeah. you know, it's fun, but, um, all right. Well, what, before I start, I want to ask you your, um, icebreaker question, which is what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Ooh, favorite cookie. I would have to say, are my mom's chocolate whiskey cookies. And they're only out, she only makes them holiday time. So of course, right now they're in the forefront, but um, that's definitely my favorite cookie. My favorite cookie to make, I'd probably say cutouts with my, probably because it was something that I did with my kids. I mean, you know, we've always just done those, the cookie cutout traditions. And so I think um, 
flavor is one thing, but I think just making them has just been a fun experience. So it's kind of at the top of my list. I try to do that every year with mine. I'm skipping this year because every time we, they decorate them and they have so much fun and they eat all the icing and stuff, but then they never eat the actual cookie. So they're just like, it's to me, it's wasteful. So, but it's fun. So it's like weighing those options. So, um, I've tried the Christmas cookie, like decorating thing. Um, (laughs) but it's cookie season. It's when I finally make different types of cookies. So I've got all those things we'll do. Um, but I found a new Christmas thing. It's on TikTok, I think <laughs> like we all do. Okay. It's right. uh, cinnamon roll Christmas trees. So you mm-hmm. unwrap the cinnamon roll and then you create like swirl them back into a tree shape. You bake them and then they look like little trees and then you can do that. And it's just so festive. How cute. Right. And then you could put sprinkles or whatever on it, but it, I was like, that's genius. You just unwrap them and then you just rewrap them. And like, yeah, that's a great idea. So I'm going to try it. We'll see. Yeah. I I like that. Yeah. I love like creative stuff. So you've got four kids. How old are they? So my kids are uh, a couple of adults. We're we're entering into that age. So my oldest is 24. Um, She's in grad school. And then my uh, next oldest, he is 21. He's actually deployed right now. He's in the Navy. And then um, Ethan is 19. He's in his undergrad. And then my youngest is 16 and she's a junior in high school. So two boys, two girls, the girls are the bookends and um, it's a different season for sure. It's fun. I try to say, you know, I do love every stage and age. Everything brings its own challenges for sure, but it is fun when you get to the that crossover where your relationship is not strictly just parenting and guiding. I mean, I think you do that for a lifetime, um, but having a little bit of a different relationship where it's kind of um, just a little bit more of an adult friendship type relationship, you know, I mean, like I said, I don't think it's ever you're totally hands off, but um, they just require less of certain things. And so it's, it's, it's fun. It's been good. Yeah. I, I mean, everything comes with different stages. Mine are younger. I love how you said bookend. Cause that's what I use. I say bookend boys. I got my daughter in the middle mm-hmm. and, um, right now they're like all now in grade school. So I've got a kindergartner, a second grader and a third grader. And they all went and COVID started when my oldest was in kinder. And okay. So he didn't really get to finish his formal kindergarten year at the school. So they're a little behind. So our schooling is very taxing and it, they're behind because they didn't get to learn them. I think that's the most important because it's like educational like baselines, like sure. math and reading. My kindergartner is thriving because he's starting it the typical way, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some challenges. So I'm seeing that, but as they're getting older, they're less hands-on. Like I've noticed my nine-year-old starting to go on his own and go do his own thing. And I'm like family time. And they're like, well, I don't want to watch that. I'm like, it's the family hour. Like (laughs) I'm in here. I just want to spend some time with you where you're not feeling so isolated. Um, but that's starting. And then I've got like my youngest who just like discovered a certain body part, uh, mm-hmm. after the shower and the way that he describes it's hilarious. So I'm also a mom and I don't really know how to explain that part because it's a boy. So it's been a fun 
it all comes with the fun and challenges, I think with the ages. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And, but, uh, so you're on the other end of it. So mm-hmm. how do you help parents and, um, talk a little bit more about that. And I know you have a book, so how do you, what is your expertise and how do you help moms and parents? Uh, well, my expertise are actually my passion at the right now. Well, it's kind of been that, but kind of really just focused more energy into it is, um, life coaching, but confidence coaching most specifically for women. And, you know, that's kind of just something that can be used in every aspect, your communication relationships, your parenting, your marriage, whatever it is, your professional life. I think a lot of times as women, we especially, uh, remove ourselves from certain situations. We have so much self-doubt. We have more of a tendency to overthink, um, especially more than our male counterparts, you know, um, they move ahead with things much more confidently than we do. And I think it's just a matter of retraining and, uh, uh, just practicing really, um, learning how to be confident in certain areas. And I think a lot of it is too, is not really knowing what, how to do that. Like, I think we can all just, you know, show up for something and and do one brave thing. You know, you hear that a lot. Well, just be, you know, do one, do one thing that scares you. And I think that that's great for the short term to kind of just do it. But if you don't have a foundation put into place or, um, regular tools or techniques or skills, you're not going to really keep going with that. It's just going to be like, you know, that one time when you jumped off something and then you're like, okay, well I did it and now I'm done and I'm never going to do that again. And so I really try to set women up for success for the long term. It's not a short-term thing. Um, I wish it was, I wish there was just one quick fix to confidence, but, but there really isn't. And I had a conversation with a past, um, guest, uh, January Neil, she has the women's school. And that's when I first learned that there's things out there that help women because no one teaches us how to be that. And so bringing in the skills to be a woman and confidence and bringing that and, and learning it that way. And so this very similar on what you're talking about, where, if we don't have the tools, then we don't know. And we don't know what we don't know. And how do we learn them? How do we open to them? How is it going to, how are we going to learn it our way? Cause we're all different. We all function differently. Um, and also that, you know, strength too is, um, it's, you know, there's just a lot of different aspects, right. With confidence and, and such like that. Did that come from, um, you're said you were a cancer survivor in your bio. What, um, did that also help or is that a growth that was brought out that way as well? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think that when you're kind of faced with your own mortality, um, and I had a lot of, so leading up to that cancer diagnosis, I had had two major tragedies in my mid twenties. Um, after we had gotten married, our firstborn son had passed away And uh, my brother, my oldest brother had passed away both within a very short period of time, like 16 days apart, totally unrelated. But those two things really had catapulted years of just anxiety. And so when you, you know, when you're living with anxiety for so long, you, it just chips away at your confidence because you're just always living in fear 
and just the, you know, courage is not even on your radar. And so the cancer diagnosis was 15 years later. And that was really kind of like, it was like a crossroads for me. It's like, I'm going to either just keep going in the direction I am with just living fearfully and being afraid of everything. And, you know, and removing myself from any situation that would cause me to step up or I'm going to make a change here. And I'm just going to trust, you know, God and whatever he's got for me and what's going on in my life and just keep moving ahead with that. And so it really just totally changed my perspective. It changed my life is to learn how to step into courage and what that really looked like for the long term. Right. Right. I mean, that's just like anxiety is crippling. And then you also have like sickness on top of it, or, um, it can take down our confidence as well. Cause then you start second guessing or you're just sure. like, do I really know what I'm talking about? Or if we're parenting and something comes up that we don't really know, like for instance, my son talking about, I have no experience with that. I'm not confident in my response to you. I I'm going to say it the best way I know. And I could be right, right wrong, but you want to come off at least like, you know what you're talking about, but you also have to feel like, I mean, just like any, I'm going to go back to social media. If you're not authentic or real, they can sniff it out real quick. So just like kids, they, they know they're very intuitive as well. So trying to come off with confidence on things that we don't know about. (laughs) Right. And I think that, I think the biggest thing with parents that I found as far as confidence goes, because I think that's a, I think that's a common struggle, right. Is approaching our kids because, you know, we're not we don't know until they get to certain stages and ages or when a certain situation comes up. I mean, we're not prepared for something that we've never experienced before. And I think that that there's number one has to be an awareness with that. And even if we approach the child in that moment to say, listen, this is my first time experiencing this as well. And I think honesty is a really great tool to start with when we are talking about our kids, because that immediately establishes a level of confidence because that's truth, right? I've never been here either. So I'm going to, we're going to work this out together instead of pretending we're somebody that we're not, or, and that's not to say that we can't have our opinions and advice because we're older and we have maybe just more insight in general, but honest about the specific situation that we've never experienced. There's nothing wrong with saying that you know, this is a first for me as a parent. So we'll figure this out together or whatever the conversation is. And the other thing I think too, with parents, and this is one that I think a lot of, a lot of people, and I always say women, because that's who I work with most. And this is where I find it most is that we, we shortchange ourselves. We give our best, but then we never think that that's good enough. And I think if we can flip the switch and say, okay, I'm knowing that I'm giving my best and we don't always give our best, right? But when we are putting the effort in, like I'm not talking perfection, I'm saying when we are really putting the effort in and trying trying to give our best, whatever that best looks like, we need to step away being okay with that. And that's where the confidence lies. It's not, I mean, we all have had situations where we have to go back or at least me, Um, and other women I've known where you, you know, you react first and then you go back and you have a different conversation saying, you know, I'm sorry for reacting. And that's just taking ownership. And that's a good lesson that they're going to learn seeing you modeling that to them. That doesn't take away that you still have more knowledge and insight and wisdom. It just shows them it's okay that I don't have to be perfect even as a child, because my parents aren't perfect either, but they take ownership 
when you're supposed to take ownership. And so I think that, you know, giving our best and just accepting that our best is good enough is a huge piece in parents and in feeling confident when they're dealing with their kids. Right. Cause we ask them to do their best and we can only say that we're doing ours. And I've noticed like the past year and a half going through my divorce, I started trying to just hide things or not tell them the exact truth. And I noticed that they don't, they weren't buying it. Um, and once I started being honest with them about the situation or, but I did it in a, you know, you don't give them any gritty, but you you're honest to them in their own age. Sure. Right. But I noticed with my oldest, me just being straight up and saying, listen, this is what's happening. He was able to like, just take it in better and, and process it better than, um, me trying to like, you know, pussyfoot around it because then it was unclear. And then he was more confused. And so it's like being more honest about as much as you can. And also saying like, I don't know is okay as well. I'll let you know I'm doing my best or, and then if I do mess up, I'll be like, you know what? That was a mistake. Mommy made a mistake or mommy. Sorry. She yelled. Shouldn't have done that. Like taking ownership for what we do wrong shows that we're also not trying to say we're perfect, which helps them. I've found that that's been working well with my younger kids. Yeah. And I think that that's all the way up, right? I mean, I, I don't think that that changes. Those are just techniques that I think once you begin the practice of doing, you'll feel less inclined to try to hide things in sugarcoat stuff. And like you said, you know, everything is relative to your age group of how much you're sharing and, and then the manner that you're sharing it. But I do think it does, um, you know, allow for more clarity. And like you said, you know, your son is picking up on the fact that, okay, now I don't have to try to figure it out. And that's stressful. And that produces anxiety and uncertainty. And so for both parties, you trying to mask something and him trying to try to dissect it and figure it out. And if the clarity is there, then none of that has to happen. And then he feels more confident in what you're saying and believing what you're saying, and you feel more confident in what you have to say. And so I think that sometimes I think it's just an accidental occurrence because we think we're doing a favor when we're doing it the other way. And I get that, but in reality, I think it can create more anxiety um, down the road. It does because when you're talking about something, when you're not super clear about it, you're choosing your words carefully. You're, yeah. and you don't know that you're coming off that way. And they're like, like, what? That's weird. Or that's not how mom usually talks. But then I've also noticed that when he starts asking me questions and it's always before bedtime, it's like, this is not the time to talk about it. Cause I'm mm -hmm. done for the day. And you keep asking me lots of hard ones. <laughs> I'm tired, but I try to, I'm like, we can talk about this tomorrow. Or I'll try to give him a little bit, but his questions are more, um, direct and precise and straightforward where then it's like, okay, he, he's got it, need to explain it and try to do it in a way that's age appropriate. But his questions are now more open. He feels like he can ask those questions or share things more. Cause that's the one thing is like, sometimes they're told things that I don't believe should be said. I think there's a more tactful way of talking to them about certain things. So then I have to try and smooth it over a little bit more, but Right. What he's saying is not wrong, but trying to at least make them feel 
good in the situation. Cause if you're not good and you're not confident, then your kids don't feel safe because we're their safe space. Um, and trying to make it where if you're not having an okay moment, just be like, I'll be okay. Just give me a minute. Mama's having a moment, right. uh, but everything will be fine. Cause that's, if they don't see that you're okay, then they don't feel it. So it's a really delicate balance, I think. Yeah. And you don't want them to go to other people. You know what I mean? And I think that that's also where it gets a little bit trickier is when other people get into the mix. You know what I mean? It's hard enough. I think when you're raising children and you're having these direct conversations, but then when other people's opinions and comments and all of that put it put into place, it's nice to have something established. So your kids are even prepared for that. You know what I mean? So I think the more we have a good communication with our own kids, the better they will be out when, um, they come up with other people come across other people and what they have to say and, and how they process it and all of that. So I think, I think it, the foundation of it in your own home is going to be so much helpful, not just for your own home, but outside of your home as well. Yes. Cause the last thing you want is someone going, that's kind of where the problems can start. They start finding yeah. someone else that's a confidant. And then you're hearing, then you're playing telephone or they're leaving things out or so you have to watch that too. Um, but I'm learning it. I mean, if we could all, there's no book that comes with parenting. So we're trying our best. And sometimes it just epiphanies happening during that time. Um, so how does one work with you or if they feel like they need some help with more confidence or some more tools in their tool belt, where and how can they find you? Well, they can find me on, um, on my website. You can find me anywhere on social media, but it's amydebrick.com. Um, the biggest thing that I always start with when it comes to relationships or communication of any sort, whether it's internal or external, you know, especially this time of year. I mean, I don't know when this is going to air. We're recording around the holidays, but when you're in different groups that you haven't seen in a while is um, adjusting your expectations. I think that that's a huge one, I think. And it's a good tool to also um, share with your children as adults. It's easier for us sometimes or, or not, depending on your personality to get into certain situations, but I think it's always easier when you've prepared yourself and you've adjusted your expectations. Okay. You know, so-and-so and you know, th- how this person is, how that person is, what their go-to responses, reactions, whatever is go in with that mindset. Don't go in with an, an un- expectation of what you hope is going to happen. Go in with what you assume is going to happen and and adjust accordingly. And I I try to share that now with my children, the same thing for them, whether it's their age group or whether they're going and seeing an aunt that they haven't seen and whatever. And she may say something awkward, you know, or if you can just, you know, I try to tell people if they can um, have conversations outside of, you know, like the, the, things that might be triggering your insecurity or, or confidence in, in, in any type of communication. Like I said, it could be work. It could be uh, marriage. It could be relatives, friends, whatever. If you think it's, if it's that bothersome, have a conversation outside of getting into a situation and just say, this is a trigger for me and speak with empathy, empathy, speak with kindness, but speak with truth. And if they continue to do it, then that's a relationship you have to decide later on if that's something worth pursuing. But most times, if you are, most times they're clueless. 
But if you're an honest about, you know, or don't, you know, you know, my son or daughter or whatever is having a little issue with this. So please, when we get together, if you could avoid this, that would be really helpful right now. Like sometimes it's just a matter of that's their thing. They don't think anything of it. But if we bring light to certain things, people are also going to have an awareness and they can't now not know what they don't know. And so for them to bring it up or say something would just be insensitive. So a lot of times I I always just start with adjust your expectation and you can avoid a lot of hassle um, with that. With, yes. And that's with disappointment. Cause it's, it's called, you know, expected behavior. That's something you have to also accept for yourself. Like, right. Just know, like it's just accept it's expected behavior. Don't be surprised. Don't let it get to you. You already know it's probably going to happen. So just accept it, move forward. And if you're either going to you either address it or you don't address it, that's your choice. And then you have to kind of go off of that. And if you do address it and they don't do anything about it, that's then I think there's a fine line between confidence and boundary setting. Absolutely. And that's where you decide is the relationship healthy. And is this something worth continuing or, or is it not? I mean, at some point you have that, but you start there and then you decide, like you said, is this, if it comes to that boundary point where that's where you have to make the call and for your kid, you make it every single time. Right. I mean, as adults, we might waver a little bit longer, you know, we're like, well, this person's older or whatever, but for our kids, you know, I mean, they can't make those decisions. They can't cut off certain unhealthy relationships. And sometimes they need us to be able to have the strength to do it for them. And so I think it's important to, to, to know when that time is going to come. Yeah. And it's a simple of, I've learned now going through my situation, I'm the first to go through it. So unless you've gone through a divorce, you really don't know. And life doesn't look the same. And so that means our, what we've been doing every year doesn't look the same now. And you're going to have to either choose to be more flexible and understand that there's some unpredictability. It's a first time. It's like riding a bike, not really know, or you could just be super rigid and just be like, well, this is what we're doing and figure it out. So it's more like, okay, well, this is my plan and this is what's happening. So if you'd like to, yes. And if you don't, then that's your choice, but this is, this is where we're at. And you know, you can make that decision be there or not be there at at this point and be okay. If it's a, if it's a no and they're not, it might not feel great, but you're also not, you also have to stick with what's going to work for you and your family and yourself without people pleasing to death, because then you're just going to get upset and then it creates a whole thing. And I've learned that like I've gone through a lot of therapy trying to like, Hey, it's expected behavior. This is where I'm at. I've, I've given you lots of notice. This is what my plan is. I don't know if it's going to look like this, but this is what I like to think is going to happen. And so plan accordingly, you know, if it's a priority, great. If it's not, then I know where I stand, you know, and, and have that confidence. And then you just move on, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And especially the holiday season, it's very already high tension for some, Absolutely. but Some of it is because you just haven't seen certain people in a long time. And so there's always that little bit of, you know, because some people are just making small talk. Like I said, it could be innocent small talk, but it could be a trigger. And until you've taken a step to pause and identify that this is a trigger for either you or your child or your spouse or whoever, um, you know, 
then you can't really prepare well. And so I think it's a matter of preparing well for certain events. And then, like I said, based off of the relationship, if it's, if they, if they can't meet the expectation that you want, but you feel like it's still a healthy relationship and you want to keep it going, then you do that. But if it's not, that's, that's a determination that you have to make if it's affecting specific boundaries and negative triggers that are continuing time and time again. Right. Exactly. hundred percent. And I think it's important. And sometimes we just need to third party to help us discover that as well. So, um, I really encourage, uh, the listeners, if you guys resonate, you reach out, um, to, uh, Amy and, uh, see what she has to offer. She's got a podcast too. She's got a book, go listen and all the show notes and the links, the links will be in the show notes for you guys to go and check out Amy. Um, and we enjoy feedback. So reach out to Amy, if there's something that you want her to touch on more or, um, what you guys took away from this episode, uh, cause it's important to serve our you know community as best we can. And we can only go off of your experience and my experience. Right. So everyone looks different. And I appreciate you being here today, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think it's a good conversation and I think more people should be having it really. Yes, I completely agree. And maybe we'll have you back and, um, it's, you know, continue it on, right. And check back after the holidays and see how that went, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that sounds good. We'll see how everybody met with their boundaries and expectations and yeah, just going prepared. That's, that's my ending advice is going prepared. And realistic, like just have realistic expectations. Don't do the hope, hope and prayer. Like, you know, you can hope for the best prayer for the worst. So, um, well, thank you so much. And guys, thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. Please rate review feedback, click on the show notes and, and check out all the links and, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.